Welcome to the Christ Walk Church Podcast. What is up, Christ Walk? How's everybody doing today? Moms and dads that have school-aged children, how are you feeling today? They are out of the house and out of your hair, finally. Back into the routine of school. It is always um, an exciting time of year. It's very bittersweet. I love having the kids at home, but I also love getting back into the routine. And so we have just done that here. Um, if you've got your Bible uh, or a smart device, I want to invite you to turn with me or swipe with me. Bet you can't guess where we're going today. Um, not trying to trick anybody. Uh, we're going to the book of Proverbs. And so um, if you open your Bible like right to the middle, you're probably going to land in the book of Psalms. You're going to turn right one book, and that is going to get you to the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is a bunch of, it's a bunch of wisdom writings and, um, and things mostly from Solomon, but then there's some other people that contributed to it. And we're going to spend some time today and over the next several weeks looking into this book and pulling out some, some gold nuggets, mining out some things there that we can apply to our lives in order to foolproof our lives. Um, Proverbs uh, kind of sets the stage and it talks about um, this one thing right here at the beginning of Proverbs. It says the they in, in Proverbs uh, 1 verse 3, it says, they are the Proverbs. They will, they will teach you how to be wise and self-controlled and will teach you to do what is honest and fair and right. How many of you know that foolish people, they are not wise and they are not self-controlled, but there's a lot of areas in our life that if we just make a subtle change here, a subtle change there, we do this just a little bit differently, that it will put us on the path of rather than being foolish we will be wise and self-controlled. And if we live our lives in a way that, that is wise and self-controlled, we will be better, our marriage will be better, our families will be better, our kids, our jobs, everything about our life can turn in the other direction and the trajectory will move up and to the right. And so that's what we are looking for over the course of this series. So before we jump into our passage for today, um, I, need to, I need to tell you guys a story story. And um, I've never told this story publicly. And in fact, I, I think there's only one other person that even knows this story. My wife and my kids don't even know this story. And my mom and dad are not here today. Um, and they're, I don't think they're watching live, but they're going to watch later. And so mom and dad, I want to start off this story by saying, I'm sorry. But over 20 years ago, uh, my dad took a business trip to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And it was in the middle of the summer, and um, he, he had the opportunity. His company put him up in this really, really nice hotel, and we were on one of the top floors and everything. And I had the privilege of getting to invite one of my friends to come along with me for the week. And so my dad was in, he was in meetings um, throughout the majority of the day, most every day. And so I was only a couple years older than my son Luke at this time. And so uh, my friend and I were left in this hotel room at this resort to our own devices. And so I really blame my mom and dad because like, what were they thinking, right? You know, so it's for this, this where, where this is headed, it's really not my fault. Um, 
Just kidding. Uh, so we got there and it was absolutely gorgeous. The weather was incredible and um, we had such an awesome, awesome week. So many memories from that week. But uh, we had this really, really nice room and the balcony overlooked the pool, which then overlooked the beach. And so you could just stand out there and you could see, you know, um, up and down the beach in any direction. And it wasn't long before we discovered that not only did our balcony overlook the pool, but it also was directly above the poolside bar where people would come and they would gather periodically throughout the day, you know, to, to grab a drink or to sit and have a conversation with somebody. And um, I'm not going to point any fingers or name any names, um, but there was a time where, you know, two teenage boys are in this hotel room by themselves and they're looking for something to, you know, occupy themselves and, and for a way to pass the time. And um, we discovered that it might be fun to see if we could drop some pieces of candy into the pitchers of beer that were located some eight stories below us at the poolside bar. And as it turns out, I was really pretty good at it. And you would be surprised what an atomic fireball would do to a pitcher of beer when you drop it into it from eight stories above and now boom, like it explodes. And everyone at the bar thinks they've had way too much to drink already because they're like, did that pitcher of beer just explode? And so, you know, we're trying to be all covert and sneaky and, you know, it's, it's a point system. And if, you know, if you get it in a big pitcher, like that's one thing. If you can get it in someone's glass, like that's a whole other level. And I apologize to that lady that I hit right in the head with one. I'm sure that really hurts. No, I'm just kidding. That didn't happen. But man, what if it did? That'd be awful. And so we were doing that, we were laughing, and we were having so much fun, and then just um, out of nowhere, a package of water balloons showed up. I don't even know, don't even know where they came from. It was like, it was like the heavens opened, and the Shekinah glory just, you know, they were just there, like, ah. And so I looked at my buddy, and he looked at me, and well, I, I mean, they're by the pool already. They're probably going to get wet one way or the other, like if they're not now. And so we began to throw water balloons off of the balcony. And it was all great up until we heard that knock on the door. And I looked through the peephole and the largest security guard I have ever seen in my life was standing there with his arms crossed. And then after that, things are pretty much a blur. I really don't know what happened. <laughs> and I don't know how I've managed to keep this a secret for all of this time. I don't know how we didn't get kicked out of the hotel. My life flashed before my eyes. It was, it was a crazy experience. And don't you get any ideas, young man, <laughs> to my son who's sitting in the front row. I don't know how I escaped that day unscathed, but um, once, we, once we made it to the other side of that predicament, we realized like we were not going to do anything like that again, and, and we swore ourselves to secrecy, and we haven't spoken of it since. And so now that we're, you know, 20-some-odd years down the road, I figured it was okay for me to bring it out and tell you today. But there's a moral to this story, and the moral is, is that 
where two or more idiots are gathered together, bad decisions are in the midst of them. And so today I want to talk to you a little bit about friends, your friendships, your relationships with other people. Craig Rochelle says this, he says, it's impossible to live the right life when you have the wrong friends. You know, we didn't go there to that hotel that day, setting out to try to make people's life at the bar miserable, to, to try to do some things that would get us, you know, potentially kicked out of the hotel and get ourselves into a lot of trouble. We, we didn't go there with, with those intentions, but one thing led to another, and, and one of us, I don't remember who, made the suggestion, hey, wouldn't it be funny if, and that's all that it took. And there we were, two idiots making bad decisions. And that's how it happens with our friendships. It doesn't take much. If you put yourself around the wrong people, it's going to lead to you making the wrong kinds of decisions in your life. Motivational speaker, uh, uh, Jim Rohn, he says that we are, this is his theory, that we are the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. That that is who we become. The, the, people that, the five people we spend the most time with, that, that they are the, the major influences, influencers in our lives. And that helps to determine our thought processes, that helps to determine our self-esteem, that helps to determine our decision-making processes. And the five people that we spend the most time with shapes who we are. You've seen this before in your own life. You've spent time around people and you notice that, that over the course of time, you start to pick up their mannerisms or you start to use words and phrases that they use. Um, my wife will tell you that over the past 14 years of our marriage that, that I've rubbed off on her and that, that she was not this way before she met me and that over the course of time, I have influenced her some positively, in, in some positive ways, I hope, but, but maybe in a lot of negative ways to, you know, do some things or say some things or she's picked up on some stuff along the way that, that she said, I, I never did that before I met Blake, but it was his influence on me that has caused me to do this. Or, or a friend that you hang out with a lot, you'll, you'll notice that people, people will say, you, you guys spend a lot of time together, don't you? You know, they see similarities between the two. You act the same, you, you talk the same, and, and, and things like that. So we know that that is possible in our lives based on our own experience. And then in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, that's, that's our starting point for today. It says this, the writer writes, spend time with the wise and you will become wise. But the friends of fools will suffer. So that leads me to believe that then there are two kind of two options that we have um, in our lives with the people that we choose to be friends with. We can, we can choose to align ourselves with wise people or right people. And as we do that, then we're going to become more like them. We're going to become wise. Or if we align ourselves with foolish people, then we are going to end up Suffering because where two or more idiots are gathered together, bad decisions are there in the midst of them. And so for today, I want to talk for a few minutes about this idea. Your friends will determine 
your future. If you're taking notes, write that down. Your friends will determine your future. And there's this, there's this passage in the book of Numbers. I know that many of you probably got up really early this morning and you started out your devotional in the book of Numbers because, you know, when we think of, you know, really seeking after the Lord, that's the book that we turn to, Numbers. You know, right? that's, a, that's a pastor joke. Um, some of you will get that on the, on the, on the ride home. Um, it's a very kind of boring book. Uh, you know, just to be honest about it. And if you're ever having trouble sleeping, like maybe that's where you want to turn to um, in order to, you know, cure your insomnia. But, but there's, this, there's this story, this passage in number 16 that, that um, uh, it, it's not very well known maybe to a lot of people. It's, it's a story that, that um, if you're just reading through, you may overlook it, but, but there's some, some really good stuff in number 16. And it tells the story about these three guys, one of whom his name is Cor. And then his friends, Dathan and Abiram, Korah and Dathan and Abiram. And so Korah and Dathan and Abiram, Korah is, is a member of, of the tribe of Levi in Israel. And then Dathan and Abiram, they are members of the tribe of Reuben in Israel. And this was at a time when the Israelites, they were in, in captivity in Egypt. And Moses and Aaron, they went into Egypt and they, they appeared before Pharaoh. And they said, let my people go. And so they got out of there and they crossed the Red Sea. And then now they are just wandering in the desert, wandering in the wilderness over the course of 40 years on their way to the promised land. And the book of Numbers records at the different places that they stopped, they counted the people time and time and time again. They kept a record of all of the people that were there. And so Korah and Dathan and Abiram, they have a bone to pick with Moses and Aaron. And so they go to them one day and they say, uh, uh, Korah, he's upset that, that Aaron gets to be the priest and he doesn't. That they're both from the tribe of Levi. They both, uh, where, where the priests come from, and, and that, that it's not fair that Aaron gets to be the priest and that I don't is basically what Korah says. And then, and then Dothan, uh, Dathan and uh, Abiram, they're from the tribe of Reuben and they, they're upset with Moses because he gets to be the leader and they don't. And so Korah and Dathan and Abraham, they get together and they decide we're, we're, going, to, we're going to take charge against or, and, and press charge against Moses and Aaron because we want the things. We feel like we deserve the things that they have. We feel like we deserve the position that they have because here we are out in the wilderness and we're just wandering around and we've, we've left our, our leadership up to these two guys and we have yet to enter into the promised land. We've yet to get to um, the place where God told us we were going to go, and we are just as much entitled to those positions as they are. Now, let me point out to you that these were people that they weren't, they weren't outside of Israel. These were, um, and, and the Bible even records this in number 16, these were people of the Lord. They worshiped the one true God, all right? So they were in keeping with and the same mindset of and, 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 and wanted and desired the same thing seemingly that Moses and Aaron did, but they got upset when they didn't get it on their terms and on their timeline. And so they go to Moses and they say, we're upset with you and we're upset with Aaron. And Moses tells them, no, you're not upset with me and Aaron. You're upset with God because God is the one that has put us in the positions that we are in. And Korah and Dathan and Abraham, they say, you have gone too far and enough is enough and we want to put a stop to this. And so Moses says, okay, here's what we're going to do. 
Tomorrow, we're going to come to the tent of meeting at the tabernacle that traveled with them. And we are going to fill up our pans of incense and we are going to present those before the Lord. And then the Lord will determine who is in the rightful place. And so Korah and Dathan and Abraham, they influenced 250 other leaders to come along with them and meet at the tent of meeting with Moses and Aaron the next day. And so everybody prepares their pans of incense and they put them down and present them to the Lord. And then the presence of God fills the place and the Lord begins to speak. And the Lord tells Moses and Aaron, separate yourselves from these other men so that I can wipe them out completely. The Lord gets mad at Korah and Dathan and Abraham and the 250 others that they influenced because he did not put them in a place to be the leaders of Israel and that they were desiring the wrong things. And so the Lord gets mad at them and the Lord gets mad that they've brought charge against Moses and Aaron. And the Lord says, I'm going to wipe them out. And so... Moses goes before the people and he says, separate yourself from Korah and Dathan and Abraham. Get away from their tents, from the places that they dwell. Don't even touch any of their belongings. And here's how you will know if the Lord is on the side of Moses and Aaron or on the side of Korah and Dathan and Abraham. He says, if these men die natural deaths, then I and Aaron we're wrong. But if the Lord causes the ground to open up beneath them and swallow them whole, then you will know that the Lord has appointed me and has appointed Aaron as the leaders of Israel. And the Bible says that no sooner did Moses stop No sooner did he finish those words, no sooner did they come out of his mouth than the earth opened beneath Korah and Dathan and Abiram and their families, and their tents, and and, an earthquake happened, and the earth split open, and it swallowed them whole. And then the 250 other leaders that they had influenced, the Lord sent fire and wiped them out completely. Here's what I get from that story. There's there's a ton of things, a ton of, of ways that we could preach that. You could do a whole series on this passage alone, but here's my takeaway for today, and it's this. Foolish people are going to talk you in to thinking you deserve the things that you have uh, that, weren't, that weren't set apart for you, that, that they weren't meant for you to have, that you deserve the things that God never meant you to have. And they're, they're going to talk you into believing that, that, um, that you can do the things that God never intended you to do. Foolish people are going to make you believe that you deserve the things God never intended you to have and that you can do the things that God never intended you to do. See, the people that we align ourselves with, the people that we allow to speak into our lives will ultimately determine the course of our life. And then I know, I know what a lot of you might be thinking, but uh, some of you at least would say, but, but didn't Jesus eat with sinners? Isn't that like who he spent his time with? And, and the answer would be yes, like Jesus ate with sinners. And so then your second question would be, okay, if, if that's the case, then aren't we supposed to be like Jesus? And my answer would be yes. But, but here's, here's the one caveat, is that your support system, 
The people that, that you're depending on, the people that, that you are surrounding yourself with in, in order to help you to live your best life cannot be com, uh, 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 comprised of sinners and unbelievers. All right, like you've got to be in the world, but you can't be of the world, okay? And so, yes, we are supposed to be like Jesus, and we are supposed to take the message of the gospel to the unbeliever and to the sinner, but that can't be who we're leaning on and who we are depending on to come alongside us and help us make decisions that are going to make our life better. And that's the difference. And What's going on in this passage is these are not people outside of the church. These are people inside of the church. And so there's some things that we need to, as believers in Jesus, for those of us that would say we're Christians, that we're Christ followers, there's some things that we need to guard our lives against. There's two kinds of people we need to guard our lives against. And the first one of those are people that pull you away from God's plan. They pull you away from God's purpose for your life. Rather than, rather than aligning yourself or surrounding yourself with people that pull you away from God's plan, instead, the friends that you have, they should push you toward God and the things that he has for your life. Check this out. Proverbs 12, 26. Good people take advice from their friends, but an evil person is easily led to do wrong. An evil person is easily led to do wrong. If you're aligning yourself with the wrong people and you're giving them access to speak into your life, then you will easily be led to go down the wrong path and to do the wrong things. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, he says, Do not be fooled. Bad friends will ruin good habits. You may be trying your best to live for Jesus, but if you're surrounding yourself with the wrong kinds of people, it will lead to your ruin. It will lead to your ruin. So we've got to first guard our lives against people that are going to pull us away from God's plan and purpose for our lives. And then the second thing, we've got to guard ourselves against people who push you into intentional sin. You know, in the church, there's a lot of gray area. It's not always black and white. I went to a Christian college, and I have a degree for pastoral ministry, and it was there that I saw all kinds of sin around me, but everyone there is a quote-unquote Christian. And it can be easy to get caught up into all of that and not know which is the right way and which is the wrong way. And so we've got to guard ourselves against those who claim to be believers, but they're pushing us into intentional sin, that, that they, are, they are indulging themselves in their own lives. And so they're trying to convince us that it's okay for you to live this way as well. Paul speaks to this, and he says in 1 Corinthians 5.11, he says, I'm writing to tell you that you must not associate with those who call themselves believers in Christ but who sin sexually or are greedy or worship idols or abuse others with words or get drunk or cheat people. He says, do not even eat with people like that. The people that we surround ourselves, they shouldn't push us into intentional sin. Rather, they should pull us out of the trap of sin. It's called accountability. 
You need some people in your life that when you start going down the wrong path, that they're going to thump you on the noggin and say, hey, you need to get it straight. You need to get it back over here. You need to, you need to have some people in your life that are, that are living lives that honor God and that are seeking after God and, and his word and, and desiring the things of him so that, that when you get it messed up, when you get it off, that they can come to you and say, you need to fix it. They're going to come alongside you and they're going to pray for you and, and they're going to hold you accountable to the things in which you believe. But if there's believers that are doing these things, then the Bible says don't even eat with those people. Not, not non-Christians, not unbelievers, but believers in the house that are living that way. So then there's two shifts that we need to make. If we're going to do this and if we're going to surround ourselves with these kinds of people. The first shift that we need to make is our environment. We've got to shift our environment. If you're trying to lose weight, stop going to McDonald's. Right? Am I right? Stop hitting the drive through If you're battling with alcoholism, quit going to the bar. I mean, like, it's not like rocket science. It's really like easy stuff on paper, but it's hard to do. Some of you would say, well, you know, I can't stop going to work and being around that person. I can't stop going to school and being around that person. You just got to limit your exposure. You may have to work with that person, but you don't have to go out with them afterwards. You may have to be in school with that person, but you don't have to sit at the lunch table with them. Or you don't have to have them over to your house on the weekends or go to the parties that they're going to. So for some people, in order to shift your environment, in order, in order to, to get out of that, you're going to have to speak up and have a hard conversation with somebody. All right? You're going to have to be direct. Don't be a jerk. Just say, hey, the things that I want, the things that I'm after, are not the same things that you want and the things that you're after. So I'm not going to go there with you. I'm not going to be a part of that with you. Like while we're at work and while we're at school, like that's one thing. But I'm just not going to spend that extra time because it brings me down and it pulls me away from the place that God is trying to get me to be. I love you. But this just can't happen anymore. So you got to shift your environment. The second thing that you got to do is you got to shift your influencers. Once you get those other people out of your life, you got to align yourself with some different kinds of people, some different kinds of influencers that are going to get you moving in the direction that you need to go. Spend more time praying and reading God's word. Let that be an influencer in your life. Commit to regular church attendance. Surround yourself with a body of believers who are focused on the Most High God. Better yet, take it a step further and join a small group. You're going to have an opportunity to do that over the next couple of weeks. Get into a small group this semester and do life with people who are like-minded, who, who are seeking after God, who are wanting God's best for their life. Put yourself in that situation and let those people challenge you and hold you accountable and move you forward in your Christ walk. Be intentional 
about building relationships with other people who want the same things that you want. It means you might need to distance yourself from some people. It means you might need to break up with him or break up with her. It means you might need to say, hey, like, we can't keep hanging out anymore. And instead, you're going to go over here and do this other thing. You're going to go over here and you're going to be a part of this other group because you're aligning yourselves with people who want the things that you want, particularly if you are a new Christian, a brand new Christian. You're not strong enough yet to accept Christ and expect that, that you can live for him and still be around those same people that cause you to sin all the rest of that time. You, you got to get out of that for yourself. You got to surround yourself with some people that are going to hold you accountable. They're going to lift you up. They're going to build you up. They're going to walk alongside you and open yourself to them and give them permission to speak into your life. Because our friends should make us better. They should push us on to becoming the kind of person that God wants us to be. Because your friends will determine your future. And guess who gets to make that choice? You and me. We choose the kinds of friends that we have. We choose the kinds of relationships that we allow to be a part of our lives. And so we, by the choices we make, and the people that we hang out with, can determine what kind of future we want to have. Do we want to have a future where we become wise? Or do we want to have the kind of future where we suffer harm? Proverbs 18.24 says, One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You may look around you and say, and there's all kinds of negative influences in my life. Work, school, home, everywhere I go. Doesn't seem like I can find anybody to connect with that's going to push me in a positive direction, that's going to pull me closer to God. You need to know that if the human beings around you are letting you down, there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother that never, ever will. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And while I may let you down, and while she may let you down, and while he may let you down, and they may let you down, Jesus never will. So if you're looking for a relationship with that kind of friend today, a relationship with Jesus, it's as easy as A, B, C. Admit, believe, and choose. You admit that you're a sinner in need of salvation. You believe that Jesus is God's son, that, that he came to this earth and he lived among us as a human, that he died on the cross for our sins and that he rose from the dead so that we could be forgiven and he defeated death, hell, and the grave in the process. And then you choose to surrender your life to him and follow his way for the rest of your days. If you'd like to do that, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. If you'd like to enter into a relationship with Jesus, you'd like to say, I, I want Jesus to be my friend. 
I want him to be the influence in my life and you've never done that before. I wanna invite you to pray this with me. I don't know what just happened. Technology, there we go. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner, that I'm lost without you. I believe Christ died in my place, making a way for us to have a relationship. I choose to follow Jesus and his way for the rest of my life. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Christ Walk Podcast. For more information about Christ Walk Church, please visit thechristwalk.com.